1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Due to the content of this chapter, the following episode focuses heavily on grief and loss. And, as usual, there may be some swearing. Hello! Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly.
3: I'm Indy. I'm Brittany.
4: And I'm
0: Goodwin.
2: And today, we're reading Chapter 7 of Breyer's (laughs) Book.
0: So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice.
4: And let's cry into it.
2: Chapter 7 opens with... Brass Pine and Gaja and Kirill making the last of a long line of boxes.
0: Also, Kirill has a crush on somebody. This is the first scene that I've seen that I've liked Kirill. We needed some cuteness in the midst of this awfulness.
4: Like something just relatively normal and not sad. Yes. It was, it was good.
2: They walk out of the forge, and they run into all these people who are like, oh yeah, we're setting up a hospital camp and a pit to burn bodies. Where the hell have you been the last week?
4: They were working hard. They were out of the loop.
2: Erda's house has new masks and gloves in, and when Briar puts them on, he feels Sandry and Lark's power, which brings him some comfort. He's still worrying about Flick. The spots are gone, but she's still got high fever. And while he's at her bedside, she starts to go in and out of these various hallucinations. And we get a glimpse of just how hard her life has been. Because this wasn't already heartbreaking enough.
3: No, we just needed a little bit more. Really feel the pain. Twist the knife
4: a little bit.
2: This is the chapter where Briar tries to heal her.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yes. He tries to use his magic.
2: And it doesn't work. Even more heartbreaking, Rose Thorne comes up and she's like, it's not going to work. I've tried. So he sits by her bed and tends to her as much as he can.
4: He can't accept the fact that she, she's gone.
2: After she dies, he continues to sit with her through the night and holding her hand. And when Rosethorn comes to him in the morning, he says, I can't go because I'll wake Flick. She's like, don't be foolish he has to come to terms with the fact that
0: she has died.
3: It's Rose Thorn being nice and Rose Thorn speak.
0: I'm glad that she didn't have like pity in her eyes because that would have made it feel so much worse. And that's what
2: Briar says as well.
4: He knew, but he just wouldn't. Yeah. He
3: just couldn't accept it.
4: Yeah.
2: In other news, it's turned out that Crane has made a...
4: Yeah, like a detection spell.
2: They learn that neither Briar nor Rosethorn has it. They are needed at Winding Circle. So they go home, and they go through all of that quarantine disinfection stuff that Nico talked about at long last. They near Winding Circle, and everyone comes out to meet them. The girls even miss Rosethorn, and Larkin Rosethorn hug And Little Bear is screaming at the top of his lungs. Everybody cries. They're kind of happy, even though it's not over, because even they know that they're only halfway through this book. Yeah. Mm. Part 0.75 of our three-step reading process is Tamara Pierce is a fucking prophetess. What in this book reminded you of our actual goddamn lives?
0: Well, we don't have a burn pit yet. At least not here.
3: It
2: did make me wonder, how do we deal with the the bodies of our dead? Because I think that part of the reason that they're burning bodies is to keep the disease from passing from the bodies, right?
4: I think it's transported to groundwater, and if you bury a body, any liquids that seep out could enter into the water table and infect people dead bodies themselves aren't necessarily vectors of disease unless it's like very specific i guess it's probably just the simplest way to do it because that's probably what we would be doing if we didn't have refrigerated trucks and stuff it's either that or mass graves and digging graves requires a lot of people working together
0: and a lot of time Something that reminds me of our pandemic is the quarantine being lifted. I guess we were in quarantine for a little while, but we're not really in quarantine that much anymore. Everyone's basically still doing whatever.
4: We're doing it as individuals and it's not being mandated by the government. No. It's just like you're saying, like, in the book, they're lifting the quarantine because it's already out there.
0: And there's some people yeah. that are still trying to kind of quarantine, but for the most part, people are still out out and about because the quarantine has been lifted. Yeah.
2: The thing that really struck me was the detection oil.
0: They have a blue pox test, like we have a COVID test. I wish that ours was that easy. Yeah, because <laughs> you could get tested and you might find out like oh three four days later you actually did have it it just didn't show up yet so Thanks. is that going to be the case with Tamara pierces well, I, I hope that's not the case because briar rose Thorn have been around it and if it has if they haven't been around it long enough which they've been there for a while they could potentially be spreading it say with nico he was there as well
4: you could, just don't know
0: well. yeah i hope that's not the
2: case with this story we'll see i was also thinking like oh that would make my job a lot easier because at our school we have to check in students individually now and we have to take everybody's temperatures as they come in they just like had a red dot on their forehead like okay you're good to go on the other hand that would fuck with our confidentiality issues but you know yeah
3: in a time of a global global pandemic i can almost forget that Because they
2: they do a good job at my school of trying to not reveal
0: who has tested positive. I feel like our job has done too well of a job of who doesn't have it and not doing enough tracing of it. Like, oh, we can't say that this person has it, but then that person will text you and be like, hey, I got tested positive and you know you've been around that person and then so you say something to your work and they're like, oh, well, you weren't around them for very long, so you're fine.
3: Even though you work like three foot away from facing each other.
0: The reunion. Well, like, we really have had that yet, <laughs> so. But you know that's what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah.
2: it is. <laughs> Cause this reunion felt a little bit like coming back to school after summer and seeing my kids again. And they're like, Miss Molly, we haven't seen you for two months, but
3: more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Part one is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and disliked about this chapter. Who wants to cry
0: first? I thought I didn't have very many likes from this chapter, but I had I had a small handful of likes. My first one is a dislike, though. Frostpine and the two kids are done, and then Frostpine's like, You guys did fine work. Only the Hillers and Larkin Sander are working harder. Yes, compliment your workers, but don't put other people down in the process of this, because right. everybody has been working hard. Well, and those damn Frostpine, healers. But, like, don't put other people down to compliment others. Come on, Frostpine. You're better than this. I didn't feel like he was putting anybody down. I felt like he was. <laughs> oh, you're working hard. You're working way harder than these other people. Like, oh, I
2: just felt like he was acknowledging the fact that, like, they literally have not slept.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Know that he's acknowledging that, but he doesn't have to tear other people down in the process. <laughs> you already mentioned about the new masks and gloves. When Briar put them on, he felt Sandry and Lark, he felt as if they were standing at his back, keeping him safe. That was so sweet. It's like, oh, he needs safety right now amongst all this chaos. Then a whole bunch of dislike because Flick dies, and that was very sad. I liked when they were going home and everyone was standing outside waiting for them. They have grown so much and they are a little family and it's so cute. They they couldn't talk over the dog because the dog was losing his shit. Poor little bear. The next one I liked, but it made me sad at the same time when Tris tells Briar, you look like you were eaten by wolves. And he says, nothing so nice. It was funny, but then you think about it, it's like, it's so sad. And he would prefer to be eaten by wolves.
4: It's just a lot of suffering.
0: Yeah. My last one was when Rose Thorn is clinging on to Lark. It was really sweet. Like, she has a really good friend. So,
2: I absolutely adore Kirill and his little crush and how his dad and his sister talk to him about his crush. So cute. I love the relationship those three have. The Discipline Cottage folks have a little family, but I feel like Frostpine and Kirill and Daja are also little Forge family. I have a note for Brittany. There's a bit somewhere in this chapter where Briar refers to Flick as his mate. And he's like, it wasn't exactly true because technically around here, mate meant such and such. And I'm like, oh, she should have just saved that description. She should have just used the word mate everywhere else. Assumed, well, they're going to know that it means friend. And then in this chapter, I've
0: been like, well, blah, 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 blah. Here's some world building. Yes. I didn't mind it in this chapter. It's like, okay.
2: The part where Briar is trying to heal Flick I just thought it was interesting world building, him not being able to do it, and the discussion between him and the healer of, you had shown an aptitude for healing magic, surely we'd have been told, and thought it was kind of interesting, and I'd like to know more about how healing works.
4: I think it is just super cool how magic doesn't translate. It's not like magic can do anything. You need to have very specific training in very specific fields to be able to do things. Just because you have magic doesn't mean you can instantly like heal someone if you've never done it before. I think that's cool world building, too.
2: And as horrific as this sounds, I love the part where Flick dies because it is so beautifully written. Yeah. The whole part where he's breathing with her, she's not breathing in again and she's not breathing in again. It breaks my heart, but it's it's such good writing. When they reunite with the family, he's like, oh, I don't want people to see the rain on my face and think I've been crying. Meaning that he doesn't want people to know that he's been crying. I relate to that very hard. I also like the fact that when little bear comes, they hear him first and they're like, what is that animal that's clearly in pain? And then it's just little bear.
4: Things I liked in the chapter. I liked that they have virus testing, but it's magic. Magical virus testing that is hopefully more accurate than what we have. Ours is pretty accurate, but it's magic. I just automatically assume it's going to be better. The other likes that I had, the moment between Lark and Rosethorn just holding each other. Such a sweet moment. They didn't have to say anything. Lark knew that Rosethorn needed it, and you can kind of tell.
3: Lark needed it, too.
4: Yeah. I liked all the descriptions in the chapter of Briar holding on to his little shock-on tree, just bringing it with him. It was really sweet. He loves that tree, and it loves him back, which is something that you don't really. I normally don't associate with plants, but it's uh, like his
2: little cat or something.
4: Yeah, it's like his his pet. I'm not going to say less upkeep. You don't have to necessarily feed oh. it every day, I guess.
2: Take it all. Scoop uh, you know, different upkeep.
4: Exactly. The last moment at the end where everyone just hugs. Honestly, I think that one that hit me more than Flick passing away. I don't know. It just makes me think of how much I miss my friends, and yeah. it sucks. I actually did have one more thing. The moment with Little Bear screaming and crying and, like, jumping on uh, Briar when he came back. Mojo literally does that every day we come home. He Aww. will, like, scream and jump up and start, like, waving at you with one paw and screaming and crying. And it's so cute, but also kind of sad, but also really cute. Does he
3: sound like come he's on. in pain? He, he
4: yeah, he, he screams. Like, someone's, like, killing, which makes it slightly less sweet. But he
3: comes. <laughs> That's how Bastion is when I come home. Yeah. I get told about five minutes before I'm supposed to be home, he's pacing that front door and screaming. We kind of talked about the scene with Krill, Frostpine, and Daja, like after the forge. Frostpine's like commenting basically that they did a good job and the whole flirting with the girl awkwardly. Like, <laughs> Man, I relate to that. (laughs) I also flirt awkwardly with girls. Kindred spirit right there. Wasn't really a fan of Briar just shutting her out. Like, I understand why. Like, it does hurt because, you know, this is his family. He's just like, I don't want to talk to you. That's rude.
0: Well, I'm glad that he realized he was being rude and
3: recently. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But it was just kind of like,
0: wow, asshole, she's
3: just checking on you.
0: Because I know whenever I do something like that, I'd be rude. And then I think to myself, oh, man, that was probably rude. And then I'm like, "Uh, but I can't admit that I was wrong. So I'm just going to continue to look rude instead of saying something because I'd rather look rude than be wrong, I guess.
3: Yeah. (laughs) He did go back later on and apologize. Granted, all three of them are going through something different right now, Mm -hmm. but they're supposed to be together. They're going through this together. Even though they're separated, still they're having to deal with the same things.
0: I don't know. He literally just got into a fight with Nico the previous chapter, and so she caught him at a bad moment. Some other stuff
3: from this chapter that really stood out as the hallucinations start to take flick. He makes a comment about learning more about her childhood than he ever wanted to know, wanting to go and find her mother and just beat the ever loving dog piss out of her. I don't like it because a child shouldn't be stuck through that kind of monstrosity. I also feel myself in briar in this situation because he was talking about he wanted to find that woman give her a piece of his mind worst he wished he had never heard a flick he hoped that she would die soon so he could get some rest that line hit me really hard this is a girl he knew and that he was friends with and he wants to be there for her and he wants to protect her but at that moment, his selfishness kind of outweighed his desire to stay loyal until the end. Now, granted, it was immediately followed up with, oh my god, I'm a monster for thinking that. But there's a lot to be said. I love the fact that those four can't go anywhere together, or even separate, without being, oh, you're one of them. That's constant. I don't know why that amuses me so much. It just really is super funny to me. I don't I don't want to talk about Flick's death. I'm not ready. It just happened and I'm not ready. There's a line when Briar is coming back to Discipline. And all of the girls basically meet him at the door. Like up the hill from the actual cottage. And he's like, uh, his guard asked... You're leaving me already? Briar nodded. I must. These girls will just get weepy and embarrass me if you stay. When we all know the secret truth, he's the one who's...
4: Gonna get misty-eyed.
3: That's just how it be sometimes.
0: After reading the end of this chapter, I can see why people ship Sandry and Briar so much. I, yeah. I I'm starting to.
3: Oh, no! <laughs> Molly, we've created monsters.
2: That was my goal. Fair.
3: That was your plan all along. Hopefully, with less of the Briar and Sandry shipping,
0: less of the Carell hating. I was already saying to Molly earlier, though, that I predicted already that Flick was going to die. I I knew she was going to, but chapter six, her fever was going away, so I was like, okay, maybe she does have a chance. Maybe she. We get to chapter seven, and it's like no just kidding
3: bitch i'm gonna be honest every time i read it i hope flick makes it (laughs) every single time
0: i was like okay there's some hope she's starting to pull through she's getting better it's gonna be okay maybe i was wrong i was wrong it's gonna be okay no nope no
6: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out
1: if it's right for you. Visit juvederm.com. That's J U V E D E R M.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection.
2: Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the
0: chapter. Pain. Nothing but pain. Life is pain. (laughs) Life is pain. That is the theme. Life is pain. Anyone who says differently is selling something.
4: Yep. I guess I'm selling stuff then.
2: My theme is despair. Also Mm -hmm. pretty accurate. And the first thing written under that says, this whole chapter rings with the feeling that something terrible is going to happen and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Exactly. Briar with Flick. And there's also the moment where the healer is talking to Briar and like Rosethorn talks to the healer and you can tell that the healer knows that Flick is going to die. It's only a matter of time at this point. There's nothing more that can be done to help her. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the part where Rosethorn's like, it's not going to work. I've tried it before. And just the thought that Rosethorn has been through this same thing as Briar, where she tried to heal somebody and realized that she can't. The body pit. Just the thought of, oh, yeah, we have so many bodies that we have to build a pit to burn them. Even Flick's hallucinations, because she's hallucinating that all these terrible things that happen with her mom. Kind of like Indy said... No kid should have to deal with that.
3: Unfortunately, and those kids have to deal with a lot.
2: My last note here says, all of this comes with a desire for the pain to end and a guilt at your lack of empathy. Just like how Briar's thinking, oh, I wish I'd never met Flick. Because what he's really wishing is just to not be in this much pain anymore. And then he feels guilty about it. The previous chapters mentioned sometimes people help and they lose their passion for helping, and I like how it happens.
0: That reminds me of when my niece died. I had wish that my sister would have never met the man that she had the child with, because they both are carriers for what happened. And there's one million chance of a person having that gene. And she met and had a kid with him. And they are both so rare. And I was so upset that she met him and had a kid with him. And I wish she had never met him to have this kid. It was very sad that we would have never met my niece. I'm going to be
3: honest. That was the softest metal funeral I have ever been a part of. Just saying. I know that doesn't help, but...
2: Someone else go. Yeah, who wants to cry next? Uh,
4: I am not ready. I feel like I kind of subconsciously, maybe not so subconsciously, tried not to think about Flick passing away because I focused on only trying to find a silver lining or something a bit more positive to talk about because uh, it, it hurt a lot and what i wrote down really was uh support uh just seeing how sandry and lark you know were working hard to get pp out to the people that needed it Dasha, Frostpine, and corel working so hard that they didn't even realize how bad things were to try to help out their community and at the end everyone just being able to finally see each other and be together That was all really just to try to circumvent just how how painful it is to lose someone, because it's not something that you really want to think about. This pandemic has taken so many people from us. I was so worried when my mom and my sister got it. I mean, it was hard to sleep. And, you know, what, what can you do? I couldn't even be there to, like, hold their hands or to give them water or anything. All I could do was show up to their house and bring them food and talk to them on the phone. But even that got hard at times when they couldn't even breathe. And it was a tough chapter. It really was. I don't feel that what I wrote down was was adequate enough for that because uh, it just hits so so hard. Now I know you guys were like kind of sort of preparing us for this, but it's too real.
3: And it's hard when you find a book that hits this close to home and this hard. Some books that deal with plagues, I have no problem reading about them because they are. Distant enough, they don't matter. Oh, it's just a fictional world where this fictional plague has taken over. We have been faced with this pandemic that has had us on lockdown for almost a year. We have lost friends, we have lost family. Some of us have lost everything. We have to still pick up the pieces and go. It's hard, gonna get a little heavy. We lost Papa Fred last year on february a couple of weeks later the mandatory quarantine was set and then rita's hours got cut at her job because of this she's isolated there's no way feasibly for us to work our jobs and go see her she's all alone in that big house for the first time in five six sorry six years. It's hard to lose everything. I know, personally, I can't even begin to fathom the amount of pain and anger that Rita has. I just know it's there. I've been on the receiving end of it. I have kept her from losing her shit on somebody else. And I've tried talking her down several times. So... It's so hard to go through this, especially being alone. Rose Thorne said at at an earlier point in the book, it's not the disease itself that makes it dangerous. It's the isolation. Because you don't know who's infected and there's nothing but fear. Fear for our fellow man. And it sucks to be scared. Every day, I'm terrified because I can't get it. Because if I get it, Piney's gonna get it, and I won't have a Piney anymore. (sighs) All right. Do you want me to go with my theme? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We are gonna go a little bit happier. Hold on, let me sniffle. Okay. Happy times, specifically the scene where Rose Thorne comes home. and Lark is waiting there with open arms, and Rose Thorne just bear hugs her. Doesn't cry, just breaks just that little bit in the way she only can with Lark. Found family is a thing. I don't care if you have a good relationship with your parents, your people that you meet, the people that lift you up in your day-to-day life, and who love you when they don't have to. Those are the people, and it keeps reoccurring you see how the kids act when briar comes home and when daja comes home you see it with this hope that everything's gonna be okay because once they get home it's like everything can go back to normal everything's gonna be okay so my theme is kind of hope found family and fuck this hurt sun after the storm technically rather than Just hope. Because it's the hope after a calamity.
2: Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we try to craft magic in our own lives based on the text. How are you guys feeling?
0: I think I already mentioned my crafting magic when Briar shuts Daja out and then he goes back after he's like oh I feel bad I should probably apologize I don't do that I have already mentioned this I'd rather look rude than uh admit that I'm wrong so be like oh that was probably rude of me but I don't want to appear weak. I don't want to be wrong. I'll be like, ah, I feel bad, but you know what? I'm going to continue with my thing. I'm not going to apologize because. Bitch, know. I'm rude. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be wrong. Fuck that. I have to be right. And I need to work on that. I can be wrong sometimes. It's fine. I should apologize sometimes.
4: I think something that's good to remember too is that it's never too late to apologize. Right?
0: Too late. Sorry. I need to remember that as well because I tell myself it's too late. It's been ages since that thing happened. Either that yeah. person has forgotten or they haven't, but it's too late and it'll just be meaningless if I apologize now because they'll be like, oh. You waited too long.
4: Whether they'll accept it is another question, but you can always try.
2: What I wrote down in my notebook was the epidemic is far from over. We still have work to do. And the note was, if that isn't a mood. But after having talked with you guys about this chapter, I feel like the real magic I found isn't in the chapter, but has been in this discussion just like, check in with your friends. I know that's really hard right now, but it's so important because it is that isolation that gets us. I I think a lot of times we don't realize how much the people around us are hurting. And I think sometimes we don't realize how much we're hurting until we actually have those discussions
3: with people. I definitely agree with that.
4: It's a shame that in our society, it's so taboo to talk about, you know, any sort of mental health discussion. It, it really shouldn't, be because who, who else can you talk to about, you know, those sorts of issues if you can't even talk to your friends or someone yeah. else about it, you know? There needs to be more openness, and always reach out. There are people out there that are willing to listen, and uh, it, it shouldn't be, you definitely shouldn't feel like a burden wanting to talk about that sort of stuff. Because I know that's kind of an issue that I have. I'm not going to say that I struggled with mental health issues because I I can't really say that I have, but at least to my knowledge, I'm not diagnosed or anything, but I think that we should be more open about that sort of stuff
3: as someone who has been diagnosed. Most definitely.
4: Yeah. (laughs) So the personal magic that I found is to really appreciate your time with your loved ones, because you never really know when that's going to come to an end, especially right now. It could be anything. Um, (laughs) But when they're gone, you know, they're, they're, they're gone. You just have to.
3: Once they're gone, you're always going to have what ifs. But if you do what now, you'll find you have a little bit more of an accomplished uh, time and memory with them.
2: Ifs make your head hurt. They're probably bad for your teeth, too.
4: Yeah, it was really tough. Um, See, and we talked about this earlier, but seeing Briar's thought process seeing Flick, you know, being sick there. Just wanting to be done with it, basically. It's tough to think about, but I don't know. Just, just try to get as much as you can in before
3: you run know, out.
4: Before you run out, <laughs> it, it just, like it sounds so like a kind of asinine in my head, but just talk to your friends, talk to your family.
2: We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the next chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter eight of Briar's book. Come on, Osprey said when he moved away from the jars. Here's the inner workroom. She motioned toward the open doorway next to the blue pox workers. If the outer workroom was grand, the inner was enough to stagger a boy from Deadman's district. Once he could see through the blaze of magic that shone everywhere. Two walls were entirely glass. Two were covered with valuable porcelain tiles that reached from the marble floor to the glass roof. Long counters ran down both glass walls and a third of the longer tiled wall. Every other inch of wall space, even under the counters, held watertight cabinets. Only the tall cabinets against the long tiled wall had no doors. On their shelves rested the crystal trays used for blue pox samples. Crane wants you working up trays. Osprey pointed to the table at the tiled wall between the open cabinets. A large slate hung there with a detailed list of instructions written in chalk. On the table was a stepped rack of thin bottles. Each bottle sported a paper label. Seven also bore a string from which a a numbered paper tag hung. You'll get your trays here once the blue pox is added. She went to the open cabinet to their right between the table and the doorway to the outer workroom. Always keep the trays level. Very carefully, she lifted one from the shelf. Because if you tilt them, blue pox will drip out. That is bad. Laquique, yes, whispered Briar. If any gets into the other wells on the tray, the whole thing's ruined. If you leak or drip, whatever happens, don't make a fuss. Bring it quietly to the washers at the tub. If Crane finds out you slipped, you're out. A dreadful fate to be sure, muttered Briar, starting Startling a chuckle from her. Made bold by that, he added, I don't see how you can work with that bag. You seem all right, but he's such a pickle faced cull from an overbred litter. I don't see how you can work with Rosethorn without bleeding to death, she said frankly. She's that sharp with everyone. Her eyes met Briar's over their masks. Both of them smiled. To each his or her own, I suppose, Osprey admitted. Thank you for coming with us on this journey. We'll see you again
0: next week. Where we'll probably cry some more. Yay, more crying.
4: Hopefully just a little bit less.
2: Reading Circle Temple is produced by us,
0: Molly. Brittany. Indy. And Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies.
4: Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at circle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
2: You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr.
0: And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at yellowisforhappydraws.com or on Instagram at Shannon Andrus.
3: Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for a few music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud.
4: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening.
3: Let's all have coffee next week.
6: Yeah,
2: I kind of wish that I just had like a happy little short story to read. Instead.
4: <laughs> something completely different.
0: Was... Hey, maybe Malia will have one. Hey, Malia, come tell us something happy. <laughs> Rar, that that wasn't anything.
3: <laughs> that wasn't a story, Malia. Tell me a story
0: to show you a puppet show. <laughs>
3: Puppet shows work. Let's puppet go. show.
0: Let's do this. <laughs> as long as there's no puppet death. There shouldn't it be. It, they, they were kissing earlier. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I officially decry- <laughs> decree
2: them Kirill and...
0: permission. Hello. Hello. Uh- Oh Peppa and Tracker kissing? Oh, oh. Look, They turned into frogs. They turned into frogs. <laughs> and you snorted. You're silly. Not done yet. Yeah. Oh, it's not done yet. The puppet show is not done yet. Gotcha. Now Skye and Marshall are kissing. <laughs> oh, and they turned into frogs
4: and jumped as well. <laughs> this is like reverse Prince and the frog. Everybody's turned into frogs now. They
0: turn into frogs.
3: <laughs> you know what?
4: Oh my sometimes, god. You're
3: gonna sometimes have you house. just gotta turn everybody into frogs.
4: <laughs> you know, life would be so easy if you were a frog, man.
3: Exactly.
4: Sit on a log flick your tongue at flies <laughs> <laughs> your own eyes.
3: I mean you might get eaten by an alligator but like in the grand scheme of things like what <laughs> is that, so, so that oh no oh they
0: turn into it's getting gay in here now you your kid right you're raising your kid right